choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. It's one we are willing to postpone. And one we need to win. Here's a ground ball right side. Could do it. The What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Diamond Podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. Brian Lalima, Apollo Dez with you. Follow us on Twitter at BLima790, at Apollo Dez1, and of course, the Apollo HOU Twitter page at Apollo HOU. And Dez, let's get right into it. The Astros were swept by the Arlington Rangers. They did not play well. The bullpen was extremely shaky. Jordan uh, is, is in a little bit of a funk. Uh, the, the starting rotation, you know, it's, they can barely get through four to five innings, man. It's, it's one of those series where, okay, tip your cat. Hey, nice job. Arlington throw it out the window, short memory and look towards the next series because, um, man, two tough losses and extra innings. Uh, uh, it sucks, man. There's nothing worse than losing to the Arlington Rangers and then, just to add insult to injury, you get swept. Man, that just, it hurts. It sucks. But it's May. Let's not forget that. I know we like to be hypercritical at times. I'm guilty of it. Um, I'm going to try. I don't not think I've to, ever been guilty of being hypercritical. I've been hypercritical a little bit. But uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to worry about this one. Uh, it's, it's May. Look, the Astros are an extremely good team. They're very talented. They've played very well as of late. At some point, you're going to run into a little bit of a tough streak. Um, and unfortunately, it was just, dealt to them by the Arlington Rangers. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a, uh, it always sucks losing. It's never fun. It's only May, like we've been saying. Um, winnable games for sure. Uh, hey, hats off to the, to the Rangers and their fans. I mean, it was it was their World Series, and they came out and beat us. Um, kind of beat ourselves a bit by pitching to uh, Babe Ruth, Mr. Garcia himself, for three straight games, and he single-handedly had about, 10 billion home runs and two of those wins were all his essentially. And we just kept throwing to him. So um, never great when that happens, when we kind of beat ourselves uh, bullpen shaky, like you said, um, and starting pitching could barely get through five. It's just kind of cyclical, right? We've had these conversations. It seems like um, at the end of every month it happened in April. Now it's happening in May and that just may be how the season turns out. And so um, as long as the other weeks were doing good, uh, I'm I'm okay, uh, but the games coming up on the horizon are going to be tough. You got LA coming into town, you have Slam Diego in town, you got Boston in town, and then you go on the road for Toronto and Boston, and then you come back and the White Sox are here. So um, it's a gauntlet for sure coming up, and I, I think 500 ball is going to be good, and hopefully uh, Oakland doesn't go on one of those streaks again because we can be leaving June, going into July, chasing seven, eight games if we just play 500 ball. and. 500 ball may be acceptable with this gauntlet coming up. Yeah, and, and we talked about this a little bit on a few other episodes of Beyond the Diamond podcast, uh, that coming into this month, this is really, or towards the end of this month and, and into June, this is really where the Astros are going to be tested. Like you said, you've got the Dodgers. You've got the San Diego Padres. You've got the Boston Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox might be the best team in the, in the big leagues right now with the way Crazy. That they're playing. 
right? Alex Cora's back. Um, Apple Watches are back. Alex Cora is one of the best baseball minds, I think, in the game. Uh, I, I've said it before on the podcast, when, when he left to go to the Red Sox job in 18, I said, let's fire AJ Hinch after winning World Series and keep Alex Cora. That's how big brain I am, because I knew that guy knows the locker room. He knows how to coach. Uh, he relates to players. He knows how to cheat well. And, um, hey, they're doing the damn thing now that he's back. Crazy how an organization doesn't throw a coach under the bus and, you know, lets him serve a suspension and then brings them back to continue their success. Novel wild concept. I was going to say novel concept, right? Isn't that crazy? Wild. Let's let's not go down that segue today. Let's let's we honestly. And the reason I say that, let's talk about the Rangers. Rangers. But I say that is because you and I are on the same page when it comes to that. And we could spend a whole episode talking about the whole how everything transpired with A.J. Hinch and Jeff Luno and and Alex Cora going to the Red Sox and getting fired or serving in suspension, bringing him back. Now look where the Red Sox are. Could you imagine if A.J. Hinch was still the manager of the Houston Astros? I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, come on. Look, I, and, and Dusty has come under question, come under fire here lately because the in-game pitching decisions are a little suspect. And some of the moves are a little suspect. Um, it, 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 Man, again, let's look. Let's refocus. We'll talk about the Rangers series because, again, it gets me fired up. It really does because, ah, uh, just, man. I know. I think it warrants conversation. We can, we can say that for segment two. For sure. Um, it does warrant a conversation. Absolutely. But to circle back to the Rangers series, it was just, it's just one of those times it feels like our guys just show up to the ballpark and they think the other team's going to lay down. And it's not like that how it used to be in 17 and 18 and 19. The guys have an X on their back and a, a target on their back no matter where they go. Already a rivalry game, already uh, a packed crowd, full capacity in Arlington, and you just can't sleepwalk. You just can't show up, and it's it just seems that we get in these little lulls, and I don't know. It's happened over the last half decade, so it's not like a new regime change that, that this thing has happened. It's happened with A.J. Hinch and the Jeff Luno hour as well, but it just it it's tiresome as a fan and as an unbiased national journalist to see that because you just know what the end result's going to be. I, I tweeted it out. I was like, I I've already seen how this game ends because I've seen it a million times over the last five years, and that was that Friday game one start where we had our guy Tyler Ivy come out those his major league star at home, Arlington kid, and to see his dad, dude, do you see his dad? His dad probably drops mammo tanks on the slow pitch softball field. Bro, he probably, I said it, he could probably defeat the mountain in Game of Thrones. And he could probably, he probably like opens a beer with his teeth. Just like, he cracks open a colon with his teeth. He's just a, he's a man's man. He's, you, he's, he's a dude's dude. You know that, uh, that old saying, built like a brick shithouse? Yes. That is Tyler Ivy's dad. Correct. Mr. Ivy is built like a Mack truck. Dude, my man, you know, my man's forearms are bigger than my biceps. And, that and guy t- is built. <laughs> and, Ty, and Ty's not built like Pops. No, he's not. He's not. Tall, linky kid. But you know for damn sure Papa Ivy, growing up in the select ball world, that circuit, and even at probably when he was at Grayson, when Tyler was at Grayson, he was giving umpires fucking hell from the stands. I already know. I've, I've seen that guy a million times on the ball field. That guy knows how to give an umpire a good ass chewing. And, and 
if at any point in time, whatever umpire was getting their ass ripped by Mr. Ivy, if they would even make any eye contact oh. with Mr. Ivy, they were like, oh, that's the guy talking. Yeah, you're right, Mr. Ivy. You are you're right, Bob. sir. I, I, yes. I screwed that up. That's on me. I apologize. I'll take you out for a couple of beers afterwards. And let's let's make a let's let's guesstimate real quick on a lighthearted note. What kind of beer does Mr. Ivy drink? Miller Lite. Miller Lite. Hands down. I, I'm He's saying, a guy. I'm seeing I'm saying either an ice cold uh Bud Heavy Ooh. or or the mountains are blue, baby. Slamming cure slot. Slamming. I can see that. I can see cure slot. Look, we're gonna get we're gonna get Tyler on the pod so we can ask him straight up. But I can't wait for that. That performance by Tyler was um it was good. It, it, he came up. We knew he wasn't going more than five, really. Uh, he hadn't been extended. And <clears throat> I believe he only gave up three, excuse me, three runs. Um, and I think I think it was serviceable. I mean, he came in and he, he, he left the offense and kept him in there. And he was going against Gibson, who's, who's the Rangers' ace. And I think I, I tweeted, I said, I, whoever makes a move for, for Kyle Gibson at the all-star break is going to get a pretty damn good arm come October. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very, that's very fair. Very fair point. Uh, when it comes to just the Astros in general and this series, it's one thing that I said on one, uh, on probably the first episode, the biggest question mark for this, this team this year is the staff. It's the pitching staff. Correct. And I think where, when we see the Astros struggle is when the starting pitcher, whoever it may be struggles with their pitch count. Every time, the starting pitcher has an elevated pitch count. You've you played college just like I did. It puts the defense back on their heels. It it lulls the game and it just sets a very bad tone for the rest of the game. And that's what we saw. Tyler Ivy maybe the pitch count might have, might not have been crazy. Obviously his he's a little bit different. Uh, first start we knew you and I both agreed that you know get through five and that's a that's a good start and keep your team in it. And if you look at the box score. Uh, the Astros scored one run all the way up until the eighth inning. The Rangers got a run in the third, got two in the fourth, one in the fifth, and then they were held scoreless until extra innings when uh, Garcia hit a hit a walk-off bomb. And we're going to hit on why the hell the Astros were still throwing to Garcia. Um, but, game, you know, it's just, it's all about the pitching staff for me because we, we know that the lineup is going to be there for the Astros. And I mean, they pounded out 12 hits in that game one loss. Um, it's just all about the staff and how your starters come out. And if it's a high pitch count early in the game, I think it just sets a really bad tone. It's hard to play. It's hard to play behind that, right? Yeah. It, it's it, it. You're not. You're not as uh, in tune with the game. And I know these guys are big leaguers. I know they're the best of the best. But still, they're human. At the end of the day. You know, they're going to get bored, so to yeah. speak. And that sucks. So it's all about the pitching staff for me. All Look, about, you need a quality start from your starter, obviously, right? But damn it, the, the pitch count situation, just throw strikes. If you get hit, you get hit. Throw strikes. That's the frustrating part for me in this, yeah, in this specific series that we're talking about. I think a lot of guys right now are, are feeling that pressure and are pitching not to fuck up. In, in the sense where you just have guys where like I, I can't I can't throw it over the plate because if, if they do tag me for one, you know, I'm not gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep hearing I'm gonna keep hearing it. So you start overthrowing, you start walking people and, and we're seeing that we're seeing long innings. I think 
that first game we had seven pitchers. Um, when you guys are out there standing around for, I think it took almost like two hours to pit, play the first four innings pretty much every single game. You guys get tired, and, and it's hard to stay in the zone. Yes, they're, they're professionals. Yes, this is what they get paid to do, but y'all, if you've ever played the game before, like when you have a guy not filling up the zone with strikes and it's just all over the place, you get bored as fuck. Yeah. And it, it, it doesn't matter how locked in you are if you're a perennial all-star. It just, there's a lull. Baseball is a boring game at times. And so you had seven pitchers throw that, that Friday night, and look, Dusty was under fire. Strami's under fire. Everyone's under fire right now for this bullpen. But they came into the game shorthanded. You had Stanek and Scrub not pitching at all Friday night. So your bullpen's already short-staffed. So you have a bunch of guys you got to rely on. And with your starter going four and two-thirds, Emmanuel comes in. And then you got to roll the dice on what Joe Smith and Belak you get. And you got two good versions of it. Then you got... A good Brooks Rayleigh who's been who's turned it on a bit. And then you have to rely. And I I didn't mind the call. Look, you bring your closer in the ninth to make sure you get to extra innings. So be it. I understand that. Like sometimes you just gotta take a gamble like that. And they try to steal a win because their bullpen was short staffed. Abreu, it didn't work out. He got tagged with the loss. But I, I just it on that Friday night, I think Strami and Dusty try to steal a win short staff in the bullpen with just how many pitches as these guys have thrown. And I think the fan base is looking for a trade or, you know, going out and grabbing someone. That's not gonna happen, y'all. Like we're up against the luxury tax. Crane's not gonna go up against it. Um, especially with, with J V and Grinky coming off the books next year. Like he doesn't want to spend any money this year when he can spend next year. Um, we already had to do you know, wizard stuff to get the Oda Rizzi deal done um, when we thought Framber was done for the year. So it, it, it's just what you what you see is what we have, and there's going to be lumps. And you can't cheer for these guys last year in a 60-game sprint, and they've never experienced 35,000 people in a stadium before. I guarantee you, uh, Belak, uh, Abreu, and Paredes, and Garcia, shoot, even Ivy, and I mean, all these guys have never pitched in a full packed out Major League Baseball stadium before. All they know is the minor leagues or the 60 game sprint. That's all they know. And so, yeah, that heart's going to be bumping a little bit faster when you got 35,000 people in a tight situation. There's going to be growing pains and we just got to roll with it at the end of the day. Yeah. At at the end of the day, it's May. It's May. May. I know going to Arlington and playing the Rangers is it it gets everyone jacked up, right? Because. If you're an Astros fan, you hate the Rangers. It's just, it is what it is. And I know that the Astros are about to turn around and play the three best teams in in Major League Baseball. But if there's a time to have growing pains and to have a little bit of issues with your bullpen, then it's it's in May. It's in May. You don't want this to happen in September. You don't want to have to have it. You don't want to have this happen in August. And I I know it's frustrating. I know it. Okay. I I get it. I understand that everyone is so quick to to want to quote, hashtag fire Dusty Baker or hashtag what the hell is Strom doing? Whatever you want to call it, right? But again, it's May. These guys are still getting their feet wet. You still don't have Framber. You still don't have Blake Taylor. You still don't uh, uh, don't have Odorizzi back. Whatever, you, even if you if you don't agree with, with the quality of, of pitcher that he might be, he's still going to give some type of relief to this staff, right? So... 
man, for me, it's throw strikes. I don't care. I would much rather you get shelled if you're throwing strikes. This whole, I mean, look at Lance McCullers in game two. 105 pitches in five innings. Yeah. Look at Anoli Paredes in this, in game two. Two and a third innings. Two-thirds of an inning. Sorry, sorry. Two-thirds of an inning. 27 pitches. Two walks. Three runs. Dude, come on. I know he's fresh off the IL, coming back up, but throw strikes. Dude, the, the walks are what kill me and frustrate me more than anything. Throw strikes. Yeah. Just, just throw I mean, strikes. Like that, that's, that's the frustrating part for me. Uh, uh, talking about in-game situations is another thing, but I'm trying to break it down to the most basic thing. The most basic issue that I see with the staff as a whole. Starters, bullpen, closers, everybody. Yeah. We don't throw enough strikes. That's, I, I'm, just, I'm just breaking it down as small and easy as it can go. I think the big thing is is who's Desi going to try out there when every single guy's not throwing strikes? You know what I mean? Like, Ryan Presley can't throw in the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth inning every single day. Like, he just can't. So someone has to step up. Someone has to come in and fill the zone up. And I and they will. They will. Yeah. It's it's a it's a very short term thing. It's it's May. Um, they they we've had a really good series where the bullpen was elite and on. So uh, it's the ebbs and flows of the season. Uh, it, it it happens. Yeah, Shit it happens. Ha- right, right. And so then it leads me to another thing that I was thinking of. It's are you worried about people? People on Twitter like to talk, and and in my group chats and things like that, people are like, "Oh, are you gonna you guys worried about the the staff? Are you worried about?" You know, Jordan kind of slumping. Are you worried about Miles Straw and Martin Maldonado, Maldonado being being holes in the lineup? You know this. You know the, this series against the Rangers. Are you worried about Dusty Baker? I, I'm not worried about any of that shit. What I'm worried about is they just got their ass kicked by Arlington. How do you respond? Because yeah. you you have to have you know this just like I do. You have to have a quick and short memory in the game of baseball, or it will eat you alive. You cannot take a bat at bat into the field. You cannot have an error come with you to the plate. You have got to turn around and play the next play, see the next pitch, throw the next strike. As soon as the game starts Tuesday, that's what I'm worried about is how do the Astros respond? Because if they don't have a short memory and they continue to not throw strikes and and to not knock guys in when they have guys on, on base and in scoring position, then you're you're in for a long homestand because the Dodgers are good, the Padres are good, and the Red Sox are probably better than both of those teams at this point in the season. That's what bothers or not bothers me. That's what worries me is is and interests me is how does this team respond? And we talked about it with our guy Andrew Scrub or excuse me Andre Scrub. I screw that up all the time. Andre Scrub. He talks about the veteran leadership on that team. This is where they come in handy. You've got to get these young guys. Hey, look, all right, you got rocked. You threw, you threw, uh, you threw some poor innings. Fuck it, who cares? So what? We got another game on Tuesday. Short memory, and we're at home, and it's going to be 100% capacity. That place is going to be a zoo for the next three home stands. So that's what I'm. I want to see is how do the Astros respond? Turn look, around and play good quality baseball. Everyone listening right now. 
Scrubs coming out of the pen. Brady's coming out of the pen. Rayleigh's coming out of the pen. Joe Smith's coming out of the pen. Belak's coming out of the pen. All these guys that we're up in arms about, they're still going to come out of the pen against the Dodgers, against San Diego, and against Boston this next week. That's, that is the hard truth. So, like you said, Brian, how do these young guys respond? Um, comfort at being home? Yeah. It's going to be, a, it's gonna be a, a fucking banana zoo. I can't wait to be there. I can't wait to be there for every single game. But I, I'm encouraged to see these guys go attack and not play defensive. Because I think that's what we saw this weekend. A lot of people were just defensive, defensive, defensive. I can't screw this up. I can't screw this up. And when that happens, you start nibbling, you start walking guys, and then it just all gets out of, out of control. So when you just have guys go and attack, that's what we got to see up and down, and we will. I, I, it's, it's a one weekend series in May uh, against the Rangers. So it's just, it's just I, I'm excited to see these guys bounce back and go to, go to work. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I really want to see. You want to have a good, solid team going into the All-Star break and then you want to have them turn around and play good baseball going into September and obviously into October. Here is where you're tested. You got slapped by the Rangers. Okay, fair. Sometimes it happens, all right? Sometimes baseball eats you alive, like I said earlier. How do you respond to that? Okay, how do you turn around and you come back home and you perform against the three of the best teams in, in, major, league, in, the major, in major League Baseball? How do you respond to Tuesday and Wednesday are going to be crowds with vengeance oh. in, in their eye, in their blood. Okay. Trevor Bauer, Clayton Kershaw and Trevor Bauer, are both, excuse me, starting against the Astros Tuesday, Wednesday, Trevor Bauer has done nothing but run his mouth about the Astros. There's been several other players for the Dodgers that run their mouth about the Astros. Tuesday and Wednesday is going to have the closest thing to a playoff feel probably that they will see all the way up until October. So how do they, how do the young guys respond? That's what I'm, I'm super excited to see. Hey, look, and if, if it doesn't pan out, if they lose two more, if they split, okay, so be it. So what? It's May. Get it out now. Learn from it, right? So that's what it is. Learn from it. Learn, right. If you're learning from losses, I'm 100% okay. Look, if, we're, if we're having this conversation in late July into August, that's when I'll have an issue. Absolutely. But if you're learning from it now in May, I'm, I'm totally right. okay. One, one of the things that I always say is, especially during my playing career, is if you're not failing, you're not growing. How do these guys learn from the failures that they just had or that they've had already? How do you learn from that? If you learn from that and you don't make that mistake again and you continue to get better and better and better as it goes on, then, I mean, it's it's... Again, make it simple. How do they respond? Correct. How do they respond? So, ah, man. Another thing. God, it sucks getting swept by the fucking Arlington Rangers. Just, just give, give their jackass fan base more shit to talk. But yeah, you know, I mean, shit happens. Yeah, shit happens. Yeah. How do they? How do they respond? The bullpen throws strikes. Starters throw strikes, and they should be okay, right? The offense is going to be there. So if there's a time to get swept and then, and then turn around and come back home, it's right now. It's perfect. There's a time to get swept. I hate to say it. If I'm trying to find a silver lining. It's perfect. Correct. It's perfect to be coming back home. I think the best thing scheduling-wise is we had a day off after that series. That too. You got, you got Dodgers for two, and then you have a day off right behind that. So you went from 
a you went from a really good series against Oakland to getting your ass beat. You get a day off, hit the reset button. You have a big series coming up. Whether whether any player says it or not, it's going to be locker room talk. Like, hey, just another game, just another blah 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 blah. They'll say that to you know Berman and all the guys uh, asking the generic questions. No, it's there's going to be a chip on the shoulder. If there, th- these two games mean something to these guys. Oh yeah. I, if you if you can say whatever you want in the press, I don't care. They're competitors. They want to rip each other's heads off. And then after that two games, we're going to have a day off to reset before San Diego and Boston coming to town. So I think I couldn't ask for a better two off days in the middle of the season with coming off this and then after this Dodger matchup. Was it uh, was it Joe Kelly or was it uh, Trevor Bauer talking about throwing beer back at the fans? That's that Joe Kelly. Okay, he, that was Joe Kelly, right? Yeah, he was saying he was in a... If the fans want to throw beer at him, they'll throw it back. And we we talked about it last episode. That's right. He's going to spend thirteen bucks throwing a beer at Joe Kelly, and he's going to miss anyways when he throws it back at right. us. Like, dude's That's a right. douchebag. Yeah, and, and and just to to go to that point, allegedly. It's, yeah, it's uh, so I don't get sued. It's a uh, <laughs> very good point. See, that's how you adapt. That's how you adapt. See that? That's how you survive, right? That's it right there. In-game adjustments, baby. In-game adjustments. In-game adjustments. But yeah, that that just adds fuel to the fire. They know that Joe Kelly's running his mouth per usual. They know that Trevor Bauer is a douchebag, allegedly a douchebag himself. You know, there's the chip is 100% going to be on the Astros' Astros shoulder uh, coming to to the game this Tuesday and Wednesday. And like we said multiple times, it's going to be in front of a absolutely jam-packed Minute Maid Stadium. God, I'm going Wednesday. I cannot wait to be there. I I'll can't be there wait. for both. And hey, Brian, you ready to party? Dude, I, you know what? I know I know. I usually mess with you on that. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm ready to party. Let's party, dude. I'm trying to walk into Minute Maid Park with a beer in my hand and bricked up. <laughs> That's it. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to rock. Oh, gosh. I'm it's in, a, dude. Hey, it's going to be a party. It is going to be a party. Man. I'm excited for it. But with all that being said, that's going to wrap up segment one. It flew by. I hope you listeners are enjoying it. Me and Dez, we're, we're on it today. So segment one is in the book. Segment two, right around the corner. We've got a couple different things we're going to talk about. Obviously, we're going to preview the Dodgers series. Uh, we may even talk about the inconsistent umpires throughout Major League Baseball this year and the and the debate of whether, the, uh, whether MLB should bring in robo-umps. So don't go anywhere. Segment two right around the corner here on Beyond the Diamond Podcast on the Apollo Podcast Network. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Segment two of Beyond the Diamond podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network is here for you. Brian LaLima, Apollo Dez. Follow us on Twitter at BLima790, at Apollo Dez1, and of course at Apollo HOU. And Dez, the Dodgers are coming into town, followed by the Padres, followed by the Red Sox. So what do you say we, uh, we start segment two off with a little ticket giveaway? A little, a little spice. You want it? You want to throw? You want to throw? You want to throw the people some tickets? Should we give away some of our tickets again? Fuck it. Fuck it. You know, let's throw some tickets away. Let's do it. Let's so, do it. 
Yeah, why not? So the the tickets are for Friday's game against the Padres. We're going to do another code word. Last time it was code word Jordan. This time we're going to change it up and we're going to give a shout out to our guy, Brian McTaggart. He was the latest guest guest on Beyond the Diamond podcast. Uh, Brian McTaggart following uh, the Houston Astros for MLB.com. And code word is going to be cry kid. So code word, cry kid. Real Be- simple. Simple and easy. Email btd at apollohou.com. Again, email the code word, which is cry kid, to btd at apollohou.com to enter for your chance to win tickets to the Astros against the Padres Friday night. Look, tickets right out of our pocket from us to you to go see Slam Diego and Tatis take on the Astros. Potential World Series matchup. I'll say that. I think that's safe to say. It's literally a potential World Series matchup. I think it's fair. I think that's fair. So if you want to go see you want to go for see free. him for free. Yeah, exactly. If you want to go see him, email code word crykid to btd at apollohou.com. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. And obviously listen to this podcast. And yep. rate us five stars. Thanks. So with that being said, we're giving away tickets. Starting off segment two, the final segment of Beyond the Diamond podcast. Um, man, let's just get, you know, let's get a couple predictions here, Des. Let's talk about the Astros taking on the Dodgers. Look, the way that the pitching rotation is set up for the Dodgers is pretty nice. They've got Clayton Kershaw going and they've got Trevor Bauer. And we already know that Trevor Bauer is going to have a chip on his shoulder against the Astros. Clayton Kershaw is just, he's a consummate professional, okay? C- correct, 100%. And, Texas boy. Yeah, absolutely. From, from right outside of Dallas. Uh, did you know who his catcher was in high school? Do you know him and Matt Stafford played football together? Did you know that Clayton Kershaw and Matt Stafford also played baseball together and Matt Stafford was Clayton Kershaw's catcher? Did you know that? I, I, did I, you know Juan Soto was also 21 years old? I've heard that Juan, Juan Soto was 21. I've heard that a time or two. I hate that the most. It's so lazy, right? Like, we, everyone on the planet knows that the Staffords and, and the Kershaws are best friends, and they grew up together. Yeah. Like, everyone knows that. But, you know, it's, it's going to be worse now that Stafford is the quarterback for the Rams in L.A., too. Now we're here all fall. We're here all, all baseball season, and then we're here all fall. Look. Whatever. Look. They're best friends. I get it. Matt Stafford, here's a hot take, and I know it's a different sport, but Matt, Matt Stafford is underrated. Oh, 100%. Oh, okay. So it's not really too bad of a fire take. Yeah, I, I agree. I, he's, a, he's like the best fantasy football quarterback because he'll have like 150 yards, and then like with three minutes left, he'll end up with like 400 total yards. Like, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, stay tuned for the next Apollo HOU uh, podcast coming this fall beyond the yardage mark. Hosted <laughs> by Brian Lalima and Apollo Dez covering all things NFL. Um, beyond the yardage party. That was that was pretty creative. That's right, right off the dome right there, baby. Right off the dome. Right off the dome, baby. That's what we do at Apollo HOU. Uh, and then for the Astros, you've got Zach Grinke and Luis Garcia. So Grinke going against Kershaw, and then Luis Garcia taking on Trevor Bauer. So, man, it's going to be a tough two games. <laughs> I'm just, uh, it is what it is. It, yeah, it's, uh... I, we're not gonna we're not gonna be the favorites in uh in Vegas for sure. Nope, not so. I, I'm hoping for a split, at least win one, at least win one. L- look, this may be a selfish take. 
We may lose both, but if you give me a Correa home run off Joe Kelly, oh, dude, I think I'll be happy losing both games. I don't because I can just just run with that clip. If if Carlos Correa hits a nuke off Joe Kelly, it, it, it better be the longest home run trot in the history of mankind. And then when he touches home plate, it'll be a full out brawl. Because if he's not doing the pouty face and the and the ear up and all of that. Like, you want a hot take? Here's a hot take. Carlos Correa has his best two-game series of the year this week, and it jump-starts him to get out of the slump for the next two weeks. Well, I mean, if, if there's ever a time to have it, it's definitely against the Dodgers and Joe Kelly and the, the other rest, rest of those guys because Carlos Correa uh, is, has not been playing well as of late. Um, yeah. So you talk about a brawl. The funny thing about that is... There might be a couple of bench clearing situations on Tuesday and Wednesday, and I and for my sake and for for Apollo's sake, I hope it's Wednesday while we're there, or because I'm only going Wednesday. I know you're going both days, but Joe Kelly's not going to be in the middle of that. No way. There's no shot. There's Allegedly, no, he's a little bitch. There is no <laughs> shot that he's going to be anywhere where near a melee if it happens. That dude is going to run straight into the dugout. Or he'll he'll be in the back of the pack talking about his dad's gonna sue somebody. Yeah, he's that guy. He has a little Mike Fires in him, a little a little run away from, from the heat. So oh God, that would make that would make honestly it would make my freaking year is if Carlos Correa drops a tank off of off of Joe Kelly. But uh yeah. e- man, either way, it's gonna be a tough series. And I know it's only two games. It's going to be electric. It's going to be, there's going to be a lot of testosterone flowing through Minute Maid Park. Um, yeah, it's just, man, how does Grinky throw and how does Garcia throw are going to be the big, big keys for me. You know, the, you know, the gif of uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Tropic Thunder where he like <laughs> zooms in and he's just like survive. Yeah. I think that's what like, I'm missing a post for like the next three weeks. It's just survive. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. the name of the game. That's it. That's that's the name of it. Yeah, because you've got, I know you said it earlier, you've got the Dodgers, the Padres, the Red Sox, at Toronto, at Boston, at, or, uh, excuse me, at Minnesota, back home for Texas and the White Sox. That's, yeah. a, that's a tough that's a schedule. That's, yeah, that's a tough, tough schedule. Uh, again, for this series, this mini series coming up against the Dodgers, I'm hoping for a split. Give me one yeah, game. Give me a split. Give me one game because... Dude, that Dodgers lineup. Did you watch the game the other night? They're relentless. Dude. They're relentless. I mean, my goodness, man. Max Muncy is bro, raking. Bro, we grew up with Barry Bonds. Like, we 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 grew up with San Francisco Barry Bonds. Hold on. Let me let me rephrase that. And we saw him hit balls into that cove yeah, time cove. Yeah. and time and time again. I don't think I ever saw a ball go as far as Max Muncy's did in that cove than that happened this past weekend. That dude hit it in, like out of the cove into the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. And like I, the people were jumping out of the kayaks, like, you know how they jump out of the kayaks and get the ball oh, yeah. in, in the cove? But they were jumping so far out. I was like, I think that person's going to get bit by a great white shark because they're outside the cove. That's how far that ball went. And it was ridiculous how that ball. That ball probably goes where Jordan hit it if it's in Minute Park, if he connects with one the way he did in San Fran. Yeah, and, and the Dodgers uh, were, I think at one point, they lost 15 out of 20. 
if I'm not mistaken, because I think they said it on the broadcast the other night uh, when they were playing the Giants, and they've managed to turn it around, and they've been playing really good baseball. Yeah. And you look down this lineup, and, I mean, God, I, like, where's, where are the holes? Yeah, you know, not I many mean, outs. I mean, good God. You know, it's, <laughs> it's going to be a tough series. It's going to be a tough series. Um, you know, actually, you know what? So we've, I, I didn't realize how many questions. You did a Q&A on our Apollo Twitter, at Apollo HOU. So we'll save the uh, umpire talk for the next episode or maybe a couple episodes down the road. Uh, because that's going to be an issue the whole year. I mean, the inconsistency of of the umpires in Major League Baseball has been bad. It very is. Bad. It's been very bad this season so far. Uh, so we'll we'll save the uh, we'll save that talk for a couple episodes down the road. But we definitely want to get to you, the listeners' questions. So Des, I mean, man, there's there's quite a bit there's, that there's have come flowing in. So let's let's get into it. Yeah, that's uh, our hashtag Ask Apollo segment. Um, first one from our boy copier Colin, uh, predictions for the remainder of this homestand against three good teams in a row. Uh, we've been talking about it. We talked about this gauntlet. These boys are about to go through. Um, I think we're both on the, on the plane of splitting this weekend yep. We're splitting this week with the Dodgers. Okay. So then we have three with San Diego and then four with Boston, seven more games. What do you nine in total? What do you think? Um, it shakes out. I, I'm I'm hoping for I say I'm hoping man uh for nine games, man f- can you can you get five and four four five and four five and four or four and five? five? And this whole serve right like it, it'd be great to to go six and three or seven and two. It'd be terrible if it was the other way around. So I think five four you hold serve and uh, you just you get out and get on the road. Yeah, uh, like. It's it's gonna be, it's a true testament of this team, and we can circle this series and look back in October, and we could see if how much this team has grown from these moments. Because, um, obviously coming off a sweep sucks, but the, this team offensively is still good enough to beat anyone in the league, and hopefully the pitching shows up. And if they do, then they're obviously a top top team in the league. So, it's a a curious case, but I think holding serve at five and four would be great. Yeah, I, I would even be okay with getting out of there at four and five. Yeah, five and four and four and five. Just, just man, get get at least four wins. Get out on the road and just get away from those yeah. damn NL teams. Yeah, uh, or I mean, hey, if if we come out and show out and ride this wave, it's gonna be packed crowds all week. Um, hey, maybe maybe it kickstarts a, a a run like the the A's had. So yeah, that that's also possible, especially with this lineup, man. I said I'll say it. I'll, I'm gonna say it all year. The question mark is the staff. It's the pitching staff. The lineup will always keep you in it, but it, it, it always goes back to how well is the starting pitcher going to throw? Is he going to throw strikes and get you to at least the sixth inning? So that's, man, yeah. Five and four is what I'm, I'm hoping for. I agree. Um, next question coming in from our game guy, James. What do you think is uh, that Desi refuses to use Ken Emanuel for multiple innings after going eight and two-thirds in his debut? Uh, and Josh followed up right below that, said, been wondering the same thing myself. All of a sudden, he's a lefty specialist or can only go one inning. Uh, James, yeah, I think James and Josh, I think it was a really good question. Um, the sudden uh, de-escalation of using Ken Emanuel um, after nearly throwing a complete game shutout himself, his first career start or first career appearance, um, is weird. Uh, I, I think he he's a guy who... He he's a guy I when I talk about 
pitching staffs. He doesn't give a fuck. He's up there and he's just like, here's my fastball, hit it as far as you can. And he just has this, he has this it factor that you you talk about if you played the game before and it you can't really describe it. You just know that they have it. And uh, we say it all the time, you either have it or you don't. And I think Kent has that. And so it, it really, really has me questioning and wondering why he's only being used the way he's being used the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, I, I, I think a couple thoughts come to mind for me. Um, but then I answer them myself. So it makes me kind of uh, befuddled with the decision to not use him more. Because then I say, okay, well, maybe Dusty Baker uh, doesn't trust him yet. Okay, well, how do you earn trust? You throw him more innings. Yeah. Okay, maybe Dustin, Dusty Baker is, you know, being not special, but uh, being careful with him because he doesn't have a lot of experience. Okay, well, how do you get more experience? You throw him more innings. So then right. it just leaves me to, like, I, I don't really know. I, I don't know, especially when Brooks Raley has thrown the most innings on the, on the the out of the bullpen. And Brooks has pitched great the last... Right, he has two weeks, and, but, but but why? Can why, Emmanuel? Why has Brooks totally Raley, doing that? Why has Brooks really thrown better? Because he's being used in the correct situation. Correct. So if you want a long inning, uh, long inning relief guy, man, dude, throw, put in Ken Emmanuel. Let him spin the pearl a little bit. I I, I don't know. I, I don't have the answer to that question because you heard I I literally talked about my thoughts uh, out loud and I was able to answer my own question. So I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, this is from our friend Craig, uh, Craig Harmon. Uh, thoughts on the amazing Breggy Bomb video that dropped today with his salsa? Did you, did you catch that this morning on the I, timeline? I, I didn't, but I just wanted to give a, a, a quick shout out to Craig, man. He's always supporting uh, me personally. Uh, when I was with 790, always always tweeting me, and and, uh, and I know he's a big follower of Apollo HOU. To shout out to Craig, man. I appreciate you, uh, all the support. Uh, no, I did not catch the video. I did see the quick highlight of uh, Andre Scrub which was uh, pretty classic. I know we turned it into a GIF, uh, yeah. which is even better. Shout out to our, our guys on the backside, uh, Josh and, and his, his uh, edit, editor staff, producer staff that uh, really do a bunch for Apollo HOU and they don't get all the credit they deserve. So shout out to those guys. But uh, no, I did not. I, I didn't get to see it. I will check it out. It's been a busy day for, for me work-wise. So I've been off, of, uh, off the Twitters, uh, as our Jack Easterby likes to call it. Uh, missed that one. Yeah, it was a great video. Um, I think, I think it, I was waiting for some people to be like, to get in the comments and be like, you should be taking ground balls and in the cage instead of making videos. I was waiting for for that kind of influx coming in. Did any of them but come it, in? I didn't see any. Really? I, didn't see any. I, I thought there was going to be quite a few, but there wasn't. Uh, but it was great content. I mean, it looks like Brex is him and him and his boys are doing some things behind the scenes. I'm I'm excited to try this salsa. Um, I love me some salsa, so. It was a great video. I can't wait to see the next one's drop. Uh, the next few two questions um, from our from our boy Ribert. Oh God! Uh, we'll we just go. do this rapid fire. It's not even sports related. Would you rather fight fifty duck sized horses or one horse sized duck? Holy shit! I'm going. Uh, give me look. One on Bro. fifty is not are not good odds. Give me that horse sized duck. One on one, I'm taking it. Bro, you're dude. If it's a horse sized duck, the beak's like it eats you. That's you fine. take you take fifty duck sized horses and you just punt them. Nah, dude. You just punt them. They can't overrun you. They might be able to. I don't look, know, man. I'm taking. I on know that. the numbers game. I get the numbers game. Yeah, I'm. I'm taking on the one horse sized duck. Look, you work the body, the head will fall. You take out the knees. You take out those little. Uh, those little. I don't feet. think ducks have knees. They might. Oh yeah. Well, I don't know. 
I don't know. Dude, see, this is why we don't take these type of questions, because now we just really, <laughs> really uh, broadcast our the arrogance. Next, the next question. I would, just, I would just punt them. Not arrogance, if, ignorance. I'm if, sorry. If all these little ducks or horses are coming at me, I just, just punt them. Like, imagine, three of those little, them. imagine three of those little bastards turning around and kicking you at once. Dude, your knees are done. Ducks aren't that big. They like they hit my shins. Like, and imagine three or four of those little fuckers right, kicking you at the whatever, same time, dude. I could totally take hey, off fifty. Hey, you know that scene in uh in the other guys when you're talking about the lion in the ocean and the tuna? This is, <laughs> the we tuna? could we could segue into that real quick, but we're not for time's sake. So, um, the next question. This is our boy Wes. He goes, Bregman recent defensive issues? Question mark. Correa pressing, or is this his norm? Clutching in the postseason doesn't equate to regular season inconsistencies. Um, Chaz McCormick playing time, uh, him playing more than, uh, and being faster than straw, uh, bullpen. We touched on that and then click in the luxury tax handcuffs. Uh, yeah, I think Bregs when he bulked up, um, has definitely hindered him a bit defensively, just that quickness side to side lateral. Uh, and I think he's still maybe nursing that hamstring stuff. Uh, that, that soft tissue stuff lingers all year. Um, a lot of these guys are banged up. I mean, it, we're we're in May, about to be in June. You're gonna start having dead arm with pitchers. You're gonna start having guys, you know, miss a few games with some banged up injury stuff. But um, yeah, I, I think Bregs is uh, it's a little off for him defensively. I think he'll he'll write that ship. He's a, a consummate pro and all star. Correa is definitely pressing for sure. He is. Um, Chaz, look, Chaz is a high strikeout weight, but like he's playing, he's hitting the ball, he's. Playing a good outfield. He's, He's hitting home faster runs. Faster than Straw, yeah. Uh, we touched on the bullpen and the click and luxury tech, tax handcuffs. Yeah, I mean, we saw, we touched on in segment one, like, not much we can do. Whatever they yeah. have is what we're rolling with. Yeah, uh, and, and and he already said, uh, James Click already said to the media, can't remember if it was today or yesterday, but he said, yes, the bullpen has to be addressed but it has to be addressed with the players they have now. So that's just a sign that they're not, I mean, what can you do? It sucks. It is. It just, look, you got to get, you got to get more from your guys. That's all, all it comes down to get more from your guys. Yeah. So, and then uh, to hit on uh, the Correa pressing, or is this his norm? Uh, Correa is a hundred percent pressing in my opinion. Yeah. I, I, I do know that, you know, there's a couple things that come to mind when you talk about Carlos Correa, especially with the dollar amount that we heard that he wants. Um, they're like, well, people always say, well, he can't ever stay healthy. Well, he really doesn't do much. He's an average average shortstop up until October, and that's where you, where you really see him take off. Uh, so I wouldn't say that this is his norm. Um, I would just say it's a contract year. You know, it's a it's a big uh, it's a big season for him, and there might be a little bit of pressing going on. So, yeah, it's it's 162. We've only played right. what like 43 games. Right. Um, not too worried about it. He's protecting that lineup, so um I think he'll turn it on. Um anything about Bregman's defensive issues before we go I, to the next question? I, I think just you know, knowing the player that Alex Bregman is, is he's gonna figure it out. Yeah. I remember, you know, just I remember interview he was hitting like 288 at one point in the season in 2018 or 2019, and I remember asking him a question in the uh media availability. And he was pissed off that he was hitting 288. So, I mean, that's the type of player that he is. He's a perfectionist. So, yeah, he's going to figure that. He's going to figure that out. I have no, yeah. no worries when it comes to, to Alex Bregman fixing something that he's made mistakes on. From our guy, baseball, Barry, can Chaz get any playing time? Yeah, you would think, you would think him and Castro start, start spelling the guys a little bit more. Um, 
whether Chaz is, is spelling Kyle Tucker or playing, you know, a 50-50 split with Miles, um, you've got to think that's coming. Um, I know everyone loves Siri down in, in AAA. He's in tanks, but, dude, strike it. he strikes out like at a, a 28 to 30% clip, and that's facing AAA stuff. Yeah, he's hitting tanks and stuff. We're seeing all the highlights, but his other at-bats, and Ben, our guy, uh, Mid-Z, who's one of the best baseball minds I, I've ever met, and he's a young dude. He's, he's working for the Skeeters. And like he's saying, like it almost seems like every at bat he's out of it until he's not, and that doesn't equate to success in the major leagues. And he's talking about this Dela Cruz kid that no one's really talking about who's putting up numbers. So that's maybe something the the fan base needs to shift on and, and start focused on Dela Cruz a bit. He may, he's a little bit more refined product. Um, but yeah, Chaz is you kind of think he's with what he's getting, he's he's producing so. You got to think he's going to get thrown a bone here. Yeah, I, I when it comes, look, huh. oh man, when it comes to Miles Straw, we all know look, that we I, all know you're a yeah, Miles guy. Yeah, so you, I know you, it's a very, it's a very uh, tough just, time for you right now. Just, uh, yeah, I'd like to see Chaz McCormick get more playing time. I'll leave it at that. Uh, our boy Cubos just says bullpen. Yeah, we've touched on it, Cubo. Yeah. It's it's a fair statement. Uh, our guy JB, he goes, has Dusty lost the fan base or did he even have it to begin with? Second question is due to his reputation coming in and the fallout of Hinch's dismissal. Um, look, we've talked about it. We're big Dusty guys. He gave us a thumbs up and a, uh, some nucks in Colorado. So he's our guy. And, uh, look, we, we know what you have with Dusty Baker. We, we know that he has... Uh, never won the big series. It's always uh, uh, avoided him, eluded him. It's the it's the elephant in the room. And so, at the end of the day, is it a dusty problem? It, it might be, and because he's had talented teams before that they just could never win the big game. So, um, it would be great. It, it would be the perfect way to 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 ride off it into his Hall of Fame career getting that gorilla off his back and addressing that elephant in the room by winning the big series. So uh, I want that obviously because that means we win a world series, but I don't think he's lost a fan base. I, I think the fan base is uh, very emotional and irrational at times. And um, like I said, in segment one, like this is what he has. Like he has to try to get those guys out and they're not throwing strikes. It's not a dusty problem. That's a, that's a pin problem. And it's those guys problem that they need to, they need to fix, you know, internally. So, uh, he may have lost the fan base on Twitter, but I don't. If he lost the fan base, there wouldn't be thirty five thousand people, you know, in the stands for the next week. Yeah, I think questions like this arise. It's a direct correlation of what we as fans in the city of Houston have come to know, and that's that was AJ Hinch, and that was Jeff Luno. Um, and I know Jeff Luno is the general manager. We're not really talking about James Click, but we as fans since two thousand fifteen have come and grown accustomed to A.J. Hinch pumping out the best team in the American League for so long. Correct. 15, 16. Well, obviously 16 was a fluke year. You had the the young and hungry group in 15. 16 was a lull. 17, 18, 19. And then obviously you had Dusty for 20. But those years, we were so spoiled with a talented pitching staff um, and and there were even at times during the season where AJ Hinch caught flack of I, I was of his, about to say that of his, his history exactly forget right that we that people on time on the time like clamored for absolutely AJ Hinch's head and the way he managed the bullpen right 
there and, was he, he always had a quick hook. People always wanted to bitch about the quick hook. Correct. So do do I think Dusty's lost the fan base? No. I think you said it perfectly. I think Astros Twitter um I think is irrational at time. They're very emotionally invested. Um Correct. Every manager is going to catch flack throughout the season. I mean, Jesus, look look what Tony Larusa is doing to to the White Sox, who is well, that's so that's self inflicted for sure, absolutely self inflicted. Um, and and the White Sox have have one of the best teams in the in Major League right now too. Um, so I just think it it correlates back to what we have grown, what we grew accustomed to, is is what AJ Hinch was able to do as the manager of the Houston Astros with a much more talented pitching staff than what the Astros have right now. Um, so I think it's a little unfair to Dusty. Yeah, should he catch flack for a couple of in-game situations? Sure. 100%. And that's going to happen. That's going to happen with any manager. That's baseball, baby. Exactly. Exactly. So I think at times it's a little unfair to, to Dusty Baker. And, and plus, look, like, at the end of the day, look, I'm a big Dusty guy, dude. We're when big you, Dusty when, we're, when you're sitting in 20-degree weather and your hands are frozen and the manager gives you, uh, you and me, knucks and, and you know, fists and up, double dude, thumbs up. I'm in. Damn. I'm in, dude. And honestly, look, I, I, like you said, we're spoiled as a fan base because for this peak, we had a prime Garrett Cole and a, and a Justin Verlander that was still Justin Verlander, actually reinvented himself, Justin Verlander. And when you have two guys out of out of your rotation of five that are going seven innings plus, you're not using the pin. You're not using the pin. Then you got a Lance and you got a Keiko and you got a Morton. You got all these guys that are are eating innings up as front end starters. Like the pin's not being used, and, and now we're not getting. We have a lot of young guys, and and they're learning as they go. And five innings is is that barrier right now, and it's tough. And so, uh, AT and T's been showing that segment. Those relievers are stacking up a ton of pitches and innings, and it it's very easy for us because we play MLB the show, or you know we have kids that play some select baseball, whatever. You think you understand the game, but you're not going to burn guys out in, in May. You, you, you just can't because you need them in August. You need them in July. You need them in September. You need them in October. You just can't keep trying the same guys out there. So you got to ha- use what you have, and this is what we got. So. Yeah. Well said. Um, our boy, Hypebeast69.2, says, will they play It's a Small World during the Dodgers lineup tomorrow? They should because they were absolutely cheating as well, allegedly. So Yeah, they should. Uh, David, we touched on it. David asked, is Des still a dusty guy with all these questionable managing decisions? Absolutely. Wasn't there a question about, uh, I know we, it's not sports related, but didn't someone on the timeline question if David still works for Apollo? Yeah. Yeah. Utah drone guy said, is David still employed by Apollo? And if so, what exactly is that he does there? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. What (laughs) what do you do, David? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the funny thing is drone guys like david's best friend so that was just a dunk oh, just man. dunked all over him oh. uh wes goes with the two game series sandwiched in between off days on monday and thursday do you think joe kelly is still a bitch <laughs> <laughs> oh oh uh, yes man. allegedly um and the last question another dusty when can we expect a manager who can stand on his feet and let alone think on them Look, uh, look, the dusty, the dusty stuff is is warranted at times, guys. But it's it's a it's a losing hand right now for him. He's he's dealt this this hand and he's just rolling with it. And I think I think a lot of the fan base doesn't know Stromy uh, may make some decisions more than the skipper does uh, with the with the pitching staff. So you got to keep that same energy for Stromy as well. 
And um, I hey, it's a one series. The look, the sky is not falling. We're not Chicken Little. It's a it's a it's a one sweep in in May. Like we're all right. Step yeah, away I, from the ledge, guys. Yeah. Uh, like Aaron Rodgers said, R E L A X. Relax. It's only May. If we're talking about this in August, then we then got we some. Then we got problems. So, yeah, the last the last question that oh, came and, and in at the buzzer. Hang on real quick. Let me go back to that point just real quick. We may not, Dusty Baker could be going to James Click saying, "Hey, give me some better bullpen arms." And James Click could easily turn around and be like, "Dusty, I we can't. We don't we can't do it. We're handcuffed yeah, financially." Yeah. Yeah, so 100%. We, we don't know what's going on. That could possibly be going on. So, yeah. man, it's un, it's a little bit unfair to Dusty Baker. Yeah. Um last question at the buzzer from our guy Cole he goes, well, Carlos Correa hit a bomb off Joe Kelly and give him a baby face. Look, I said it. It, it. If Carlos Correa hits a bomb off Joe Kelly, it better be the longest home run trot in the history of mankind. And give him the baby face, rounding the bases the entire kid. Like, you have to. Yeah, it, it's got to be something. And you know Carlos Correa is not going to let that go by just rounding the bases and not doing anything. You already know it's coming. So I look forward to it. I'm excited. Pumped. Bricked up. Pumped. Bricked up. Hey, and uh, shout out to uh, producer David. He does a lot. Yeah, David does a he, ton. He so that was a great question by that was a great question by you, Tom Drone. This this set up this poor David is on the timeline. Just caught astray. That's hey, friendly fire, baby. Especially if that's his best friend, one of his best friends. Yeah, they literally oh. talk all the time. Oh, um, no, that's that's, that's all the questions for the Ask Apollo segment. I liked it. I like yeah, it, man. Great, great feedback qu- from the timeline. Yeah, for sure. Keep the questions pumping in. Well, well, Apollo Des, that's uh, that's gonna do it for uh, this edition of Beyond the Diamond podcast. Segment two is over. Man, going into Tuesday and Wednesday's series against the Dodgers, uh, it's gonna be tough. And then don't forget about our ticket giveaway. You've Correct. got a uh, code word cry kid. Email to btd at apollohou.com. Again, that's code word cry kid to btd at apollohou.com for your chance to win tickets to Friday night's game, Astros versus Padres. Um, man, good, lo- lovely segment. Just a great segment. This guy's being dudes hanging out with the timeline. That's it. You got anything before we uh, sign off? Nothing. If you're going to the park, let us know. I think we're going to do something pregame at Pitch 25 tomorrow. Uh, just hanging out, pregaming. Uh, Wednesday, we'll probably do something as well downtown. Um, if you see us, come say hi, hang out, kick it, have a nice cold one, and uh, hopefully we watch some uh, damn good baseball. Love you yeah, guys. Yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a zoo at Minute Maid Park on Tuesday and Wednesdays. Wednesday as the Astros take on the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's going to do it for our episode of Beyond the Diamond podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at BLima790, at ApolloDes1, and of course, at ApolloHOU. Check out our YouTube, our Twitch channel. Search at ApolloHOU. And, you know, when you get a chance, give us a review. Like, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, leave a five-star. If you got questions, comments, anything about this uh, about this podcast, let us know. We'll, uh, we're here to... to you know, try to do whatever we can to make it a little bit better. That's going to do it for Apollo Dez. I am Brian Lalima. Thank you for listening to another edition of Beyond the Diamond Podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network.